Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,927. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Detroit, Michigan, Motor City, with a very special returning guest, a longtime friend of mine by the name of Stacy Puckett-Taylor. Stacy, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am. Well, it's good to have you back now. I'll tell our listeners, I've known Stacy for a long time, and I was trying to remember the other day, Stacy, when we met. It was when I was working back at Griot's Garage. You were part of working at LeMay, the museum. Was that before it was actually built, or they had they just built it? No, it was actually before it was even built. Wow. Um, I was the curator of the collection, the first one, and that was probably... I believe 2005. Wow. Um, and we were actually working out of an old hangar from World War II. Oh, that's right. On the campus of uh, Clover Park Technical College. That's right. And they had donated that space, and Griot's actually donated to us a whole detailing area that we used for our volunteers. We would teach them how to detail cars and uh, they would help us with cars in the collection and as well as bring in some of their own cars. Well, that's right. And I was the guy that set up that whole agreement with, you were. with LeMay. Yeah. So there you go. Well, I didn't realize we'd known each other for so long and we run into each other at different car events throughout the years. And you've come a long way, baby, since those uh, youth, <laughs> youthful days of, of Clover Park and just starting out in your career. You know, I want to give you a proper introduction, but before I do, I'm going to ask you something that I didn't ask you when you're on the show the show before. And for you listeners today, Stacy is one of the very nice people, the first hundred guests that took a chance with me and said, Mark, you're going to do a podcast? What's that? And uh, was a guest. She was guest number 64. Today, she's guest number 1,927. I've talked to a few people since you were last on the show. What's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Stacy? Um, I would guess most people don't know that my first degree is in art, actually, from the Art Institute of Chicago. Yeah, well, I knew that, but that's pretty cool. Uh, you took your creative side and put it into the automotive world, right? I did. Um, I had been working in advertising in Chicago and ended up thinking that uh, I wanted to go back to, to grad school and was just getting ready to potentially go to Carnegie Mellon. Um, September 11th happened, and I decided after that that I didn't really want to be in an office every day. Uh, so I started looking at other options, and lo and behold, I found McPherson College. So I applied. I got in. I was one of, at the time, they were only accepting, I believe, 30 students each year, and I was the only girl in my class. Yeah. Yeah, so. I remember all that. Well, you know, <laughs> it's pretty cool and it's pretty neat the way that women have integrated into the automotive industry the way they have. I've had over 300 women as guests on the show here, which is really cool. And uh, this week that you're on the show is pretty much all women this week, which is kind of rare. I did dedicate the entire month of March last year to, uh, yeah, 
this, you know, this year, what year are we in? I'm we're living in this, uh, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> psycho world that we're living in right now. Yeah. But, uh, I'm so happy to have you back. We're going to catch up with what you're doing. Allow me to give you a proper introduction and we're going to dive into your new career move, which is very exciting. Stacy Puckett Taylor is the director of car culture at Shiftgate, a modern approach to classic car online auctions. They launched in July of tw- well, July 21st, 2021. Yep, we're still in 2021. Shiftgate was built for every car collector, enthusiast, and dreamer. She graduated, as she said, with a degree in automotive restoration from McPherson College and has over 17 years of experience in the classic car industry, including a mechanic apprenticeship in Germany with Mercedes-Benz Classic Center. Stacy especially enjoys the historic research side of sourcing cars, uh, produ- producing parts, rare parts for cars, and just being around old cars in general. She's judged at Concours events and has worked with the best in automotive restoration and preservation. And as a woman in the automotive world, is forging a path for other women to find their careers around old automobiles. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about her role at Shiftgate, but first a word from our sponsors. So, Give them a little listen. We'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guards for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft. Too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word yeah, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout, yeah, 21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green and Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So, Stacey, uh, let's dive a little deeper into what you're doing. Before you talk about Shiftgate in this new role, because you're fairly new at Shiftgate, because I 
They just launched. Take us through a little bit of your history because I want to set the stage here. You have done so many different things, worked with some of the best in the industry. Uh, You've just been around cars forever. And whenever I go to car events around the country, you seem to always be there uh, and be be a part of it. And and as a reminder, listeners, you can go back and listen to uh, Stacy's colleagues. I had Neil Treadway, Shell Smith, and Amit Aluwalia on the show. They're all part of the founding members of a ShiftGate, ShiftGate.com. Again, a great place to go and find cars, buy cars, sell cars. So let's take a little walk through history first, and then what brought you to ShiftGate? Well, my experience has been kind of varied. Uh, after school, after graduating from McPherson, I should say, I uh, went and did the internship as a mechanics apprentice on the floor of the Classic Center in Germany. As part of that, I got to work on some of you know the most amazing and historic Mercedes-Benz out there. At the time, they were preparing to open the new Mercedes-Benz Museum. So I not only got to work on cars that were being used used at events and things like that but we also got a lot of do do a lot of the prep for cars that were going into the museum that museum is insane by the way it's beautiful and and seeing the different cars hanging on the walls oh, and in different contexts is very it's stunning yeah it's it's absolutely amazing i got to visit there i mean just from the moment you get in that elevator and go up to the top floor and walk out and get to see the whole museum it's fascinating yeah i love walking through the history yeah They've done a nice job of that. So when I got back from Germany, I had obviously places that I wanted to work, but you know, you're you're new to the industry. It's kind of hard to find your way. I had met someone uh, who was working with the LeMay family and helping them develop this idea of having a museum. And uh, I called her and I talked with her and she told me who I needed to contact. And I chatted with, uh, it was Bruce Benson Mm -hmm. at the time at LeMay Museum and got in touch with him. And he was going to be at the auto show in Detroit. And he invited me to come up for an interview. So we met at a Coney Island, of course, and (laughs) had an interview. And he invited me to come out and, and see the collection because he wanted me to see that before I agreed to the job, which I did. And it was really exactly what I was looking for, which was something that wasn't going to be too fast paced as I was kind of new to the industry, but where I would also get experience working with a lot of different types of cars. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the collection, for those people who don't know about Harold LeMay, he was a a garbage, a junk man who turned into a garbage collector and had an extremely large business in the Tacoma, Seattle area in Pierce County. And he collected cars literally from around the country. Yeah. Every, every car he saw, I think he brought home. Yeah. At one point he had 3000 cars. And, and when I worked for the museum, we were still pulling them out of rental properties and barns and all over Pierce County to assess them and decide what we wanted to do with them. Um, But at the same time, uh, when I had been looking for a job, I had uh, become acquainted with Paul Russell. And I had applied and worked at his shop for a metalworking apprenticeship. And another student ended up getting the job, but we had stayed in touch. And so um, I was at the museum for a few years and 
he actually called me um, because he had an idea for a position that was something new. Um, I had previously, in my pre-restoration existence, been a project manager at an advertising agency. And so I had that experience of, you know, managing a project from from the concept to the the end to mm-hmm. to fruition and he saw a need for that within the restoration context helping the the lead techs and um you know mechanics and metal workers everyone on the team come together uh and have someone manage the overall project, but also be kind of the team communicator to go between everyone, make sure that things kept moving uh, and also do the research. So the guys wouldn't have to come off the floor and spend their time on the computer, looking at pictures or finding a part or researching the history. Great idea. He asked me if I would be interested in working for Paul Russell and company was literally one of my dream jobs. And uh, so at the time, I, I, I could not say no. I had to at least explore the option whether or not I decided to take the position. So I flew out to the East Coast. And I already had actually three friends from school who were working with Paul at the time. Um, So that, you know, was also another another fun thing for me to come out and see them and see how they liked working at the shop. And and so I flew out and, you know, it's it's an amazing place. It was an easy decision. It was hard to leave LeMay and the people there because I had such an amazing group of volunteers that worked with me every week, literally for the years that I was there. But I also knew that I would not get an opportunity like that again, that they just not come up that often in life. Yeah. And for the listeners out there, if you're not familiar with Paul Russell, I mean, it's one of the premier, probably one of the best restoration companies in the world. I had Alex Finnegan, who's a key partner there uh, at that company as a guest of my show back in 2015. God, I can't, where's the time going, Stacey? I'm a little, <laughs> a little frightening here. And uh, it, it's an incredible play. Yeah. You can't, you cannot say no to Paul Russell if you won't, if he wants you to come and work. But I love the fact that he was creating a new position and thought of you. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! It was probably one of the most flattering um, things that's ever happened to me in my career, to be honest. And uh, so, you know, I, I literally a month later was driving from coast to coast, <laughs> moving from Tacoma to Beverly, Massachusetts. Uh, I started with Paul right away and just kind of hit the ground running. That's one of the things that uh, in in the restoration world, you are working all the time. And they were deep into a a car that they were preparing for Pebble Beach, which was a a Castagna-bodied Alpha, 2.8 Alpha, Mm -hmm. that was owned by Bud Lyon. Mm, Yeah. And they were deep in the middle of that restoration, you know, and I had never worked or with a team preparing a car for Pebble Beach. So that was all a new experience. I, of course, knew about it, but it's one thing to know about it. And it's another to be part of the team. To be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Prepping the car to go. So that was an amazing experience uh, to get a come in on that project that was that was already in process because I also was able to learn a lot from that and see all the research that had been done in preparation 
before they even started doing anything, you know, before the car was even torn down, all of the information that they had done and the old photographs they had gathered. And it really gave me a, a good perspective on the overarching project and, and what it really meant to restore, you know, a pre-war alpha of that era in a coach built alpha at that. So... Wow, what an opportunity. Well, let's fast forward because I want to talk about ShiftGate because this is a big change from my perspective, at least, knowing your career path yeah. uh, to what you're doing. This is a, a big career move for you, a change. It's a startup company. You go from someone like Paul Russell who's been around for decades um, and others. I think it's absolutely brilliant and fun. And having your uh, three colleagues on the show before, they were so much fun to uh, – to have on the show and learn about this new entity. So how did ShiftGate come about? Well, I was um, actually doing a lot of writing um, and research for cars that were going up at, at different auctions um, and doing private restoration research and projects on my own. And I was asked to participate in kind of a fact-finding mission that they were doing. A fellow writer uh, that I was in touch with asked if I would be willing to do it. And he, he told me about ShiftGate and, you know, how it was a cross-border company, kind of what they were thinking about doing. That was started by, you know, three businessmen who were all car guys, you know, all racers and car nuts. But but that they had, were kind of businessmen first. And then, you know, this was their passion project. And yeah. I, you know, so I said, oh, absolutely. You know, it sounds like fun. It's two hours, no big deal. So uh, we got on the phone and it was me, a few other people from the industry, and then the, the founders of ShiftGate, Amit, Shell, and Neil, uh, and our creative team as well. And I was very impressed with, them and everything they were talking about, you know, that they were talking about not just creating a online auction platform, but really having an editorial halo as well around the company that would produce content um, that would be, I know inclusionary is kind of everybody's buzzword, but it, it's true. You know, we do need to, if we want the hobby to survive, we do need to bring in younger people and women, people of color, you know, people that um, have sometimes felt intimidated about entering the classic car industry. And they were just such fun and refreshing and I really truly believe in what they were representing you know and the way they were representing Shiftgate and presenting it to me and I could tell that it was coming from their heart you know they meant it there was no fluff and uh you know I I have watched Haggerty grow as a company as an example and and that's exactly what they're doing and I kind of saw that synergy between the two you know I, I love what McKeel and his team have done with growing the business and supporting the hobby and when I spoke to them about that and how I thought that if you know the way to make Shiftgate its success would be for us to really support the hobby, meaning, you know, of course, the older generation and respecting what they have done in creating this industry, but also the younger kids that are coming in that, you know, are, are buying the future classics, as they're called, and things like that. And um, 
to me, it was just the perfect fit. You know, I, it was something different. And one of the things that I've always had a passion for is learning something new. And the, the best thing about cars is that you're always learning something new. And so this was another opportunity for me to do it professionally as well. So your role there as director of car culture, yes. what does that title mean? Well, we, we kind of debated when I, I first came <laughs> on board what my, my title should be. And I I really fought to have it be something broader, you know, than just director of auctions or operations mm. or something, because they were very clear from the beginning that they were looking to me as someone who was already part of the industry to help guide them into different aspects of it. So to me, that meant more than just, you know, okaying which cars are on the site and who we write about and, um, you know, what events we cover. It's, it's more than that. So it's about educating uh, both our internal team as well as the people that we want to bring to the site. And part of that, you know, is will come to fruition as we develop more of our editorial and our content. Um, but yeah, so it's more than just um, being overseeing the auctions, which is kind of my day to day. Um, and it also gives me that opportunity to be able to grow with the company, yeah. you know, as we expand and we get into other areas and we start doing more editorial, then I'll be able to help guide that mission. Very cool. I love it. I think it's exciting. And, you know, what's great is uh, as we all move through our careers, trying new things, doing new things, but still exactly. tapping into the, the elements of passion we have for automobiles. And that's one thing that I've learned after, well, interviewing 1,927 people, I guess. <laughs> I guess I should say a couple less because a few people have been on the show twice. I have a few three-peaters. You're now a two-peater. Uh, but, you know, I guess that's okay when you look at somebody like, let's say, Jimmy Kimmel or some of these uh, talk TV shows that have guests yeah. back. I guess that's okay. I really questioned that for a while, but my wife, Jill, always said, have people back and and tell them, tell your listeners how they've evolved within the hobby, within the Indeed. industry, and that there's opportunity to do that. And I've had lots of people that they've grown and expanded, and it's so exciting to share uh, where you're going with this. Do you have a, a driving inspiration in your life, a, a person who's been a, a very influential mentor type person for you? I would say I actually have two. Cool. Paul Russell absolutely has been probably one of the most inspirational people in my life and a huge mentor for me. And the, the six years that we worked together, I, I honestly cannot say enough about how much he taught me about the industry. And, and to be honest, it's not even about um, so much the working on cars it's about how to treat a customer as much as anything yeah. and one of the things that he taught me i really took it to heart was that he always said that in the end this is a customer service business yep. you know these are not a need to have sort of item this is a want to have sort of item and we are there for the customer you know no matter what the car is or what the value is you are there for that person because it means something to them yeah. Wow. And now you know why he's so successful. Exactly. <laughs> Not <laughs> so to mention I, they do exemplary work. Oh, I mean, I, I've truly taken that to heart. And, and it shows in the work that you do. You know, when you have that attitude, I think you're going to have a customer in whatever 
business you are in that's a lot happier with the end product yeah. if that's the way you view it um and the other person actually is diane fitzgerald mm. um who was the head of rpm foundation as recently retired and you know she has um been amazing as far as supporting me in the industry and getting me involved in volunteer opportunities and and really she's just one of those amazing people who's able to put people together you know i she's one of those people you can call up and say i'm looking for someone in this area of the automotive world and she'll be like hmm Okay. And she'll figure it out. You know, she'll come back yeah. to you. It may not be right then, but she will find a way to connect you with the person that you're looking for. Yeah. And and that's truly a skill that very few people have. Diane was a guest as well here on Cars. Yeah. Great lady. Uh, became a friend of mine and uh, yeah, a real dynamo. So you listeners can find her show on the Cars. Yeah website. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. So keep the seatbelt on or the, uh, the hammer in hand. If you're uh, adjusting some metal on a fender somewhere and <laughs> we'll be right back. I've discovered linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the United States are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young women and men to consider these careers as a viable path to a fulfilling life. I've interviewed hundreds of women in the automotive sector here on Cars Yeah, and I know that women make great techs. That's why I support the nonprofit Tech Force Foundation and its Women Techs Rock initiative to ensure women see themselves in the profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. So let's talk about a big challenge in your life you faced, something that you had to overcome, an obstacle in some way. Tell us what that was and, and what was the learning lesson in that experience? You know, I would say that um, even though I have been very lucky in the positions I have had, there is still a barrier to entry a bit when it comes to being a woman in the automotive space. And of course, that's all aspects of it. But I think being able to meet with other women professionally and, and you know, women in the industry are becoming are coming more and more to the forefront. You know, we have Caroline Cassini, we got Tabitha Hammer, you know, Diane. A lot of the women that I've met 
I'm in this industry that that have helped me kind of get over that fear. Um, like Denise McCluggage is a great example. I was wanting to get into judging. And I asked Paul if he knew of any female judges that I could talk to. Um, and he suggested Denise. And, you know, De- Denise McCluggage being a, a famous <laughs> yeah, icon. in the automotive world, I was like, hi. Oh, if I, yeah. <laughs> I should give her a call. And he was like, no, no, she'll love it. So I did. And and anyone who met Denise um, knows how much of a firecracker she was. And, and she instantly just took me under her wing. And she was like, you should write a book. You should start a concord. You should do, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the different ideas. So, you know, having women like her, like Lynn St. James, um, who have really broken down those barriers and are still working in the industry and, you know, still out there inspiring other people, not just women, has really helped me see that I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You just know, keep just moving not stop. forward. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was so fortunate to have uh, Denise as a guest on the show. I was probably the last person to interview her before she passed because she was not doing well. And, uh, yeah. but she was so gracious to be a guest on my show. And, um, yeah, I chased her for a long time. I met her at Pebble. I got to sit up in the, the judge's booth up above Pebble there where the judges yeah. would sit and watch the cars go over the podium. I was invited up there by the first woman to be on my show, Diane Brandon, who's a longtime expert in uh, Rolls Royce and Bentley cars. And I was sitting up there and she seated me next to Diane which was amazing. And on the other side of me was Sir Jackie Stewart. And I was like, how, oh how did I get here? This is uh, <laughs> like, who do I talk to? Ah, uh, it was, it was so exciting. Yeah. And Lynn St. James been a guest several times on the show here as well. So uh, definitely in good company. But again, uh, for you uh, ladies who are listening to the show today, you can go and find over 300 uh, inspiring automotive enthusiasts who are women who've been on my show who have figured out ways just like uh, our guest here, Stacy, has done today. So bravo to you. Let's talk about a special vehicle. Now, I know there's a car. I remember back from a long time ago when I met you, a car in your past named Pearl. Yes, absolutely. So- Pearl was the car um, that changed my life. Uh-huh. I was living in Chicago, and uh, I, as I said before, I was thinking about grad school. I needed a car at the time. I was through the years of riding the bus, and I wanted a daily driver. <laughs> and I started looking in the reader, which was the free paper, oh, yeah. and I found I a those. listing for a, um, a 1965 Ford Fairlane 500. And I called my dad and, and I told him about it. And he asked me what they were asking for it. And I think it was only like, I don't know, $2,000 or something like that. And uh, and he's like, well, it must be pretty nice because that's about what they cost new. And I just remember laughing. And yeah. I was like, dad, it's obviously going to cost more than that. <laughs> so I went to look at it. And the gentleman had driven the car up from North Carolina. Because he, he was moving to Chicago to be closer to his daughter and, and grandchildren. So he was selling it because he didn't feel like he needed a car in the city. So I took it out for a test drive. And mind you, I, at this point, had never owned my own Classic before. Of course, I'd ridden in them. but So it had no power steering, no power brakes, no seat belts at the time. And he asked me if I wanted to take it for a test drive. And I was like, sure. Oh, my gosh. I... 
<laughs> I remember driving around in <laughs> Chicago just thinking, I am going to die. <laughs> this is yeah. crazy. And uh, But I totally fell in love. And at the time, I had thought that I was going to buy like a newer used car. So, you know, I have to get a loan and everything. And, and uh, uh, so I only had like a certain amount of money to give him. I asked basically if he'd be willing to take the payment plan and he <laughs> he liked me and he said that uh you know he would be more than willing to do it because he wanted the car to go to a good home so we we yeah. drew up a little agreement i gave him a deposit i went back a few days later and picked up the car and uh my dad at the time i i asked him and and he worked with some pretty funny women i said would you guys help me name it? And I said, it's kind of an old lady car because it was a four door and it was straight six, 206. And uh, they, so they came back to me with some names and they were like, well, we've got Opal, we've got this and, and Pearl. And I was like, oh, Pearl, that is it. So <laughs> Of course. So Pearl was her name. Pearl is famous throughout all my friends in Chicago. Every time we went out, I had to bring Pearl because that was the cool car. Nobody else wanted to ride in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're so, uni unique among your peers. Indeed. <laughs> that's for sure. You know, you look at the value of those cars now. I mean, even for a, a fair one that's, uh, you know, fair to Midland could cost you around five grand and you could pay up to like 20 grand for a Concorde version of one of those yeah, cars. Yeah, for now. a very nice one, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they've become uh, quite collectible over the years. So, uh, yeah, you got it. You probably got yours for a steal, although I don't know about prices back then, but everything's relative, right? Well, I'm going to crawl in. Yeah, I'm going to crawl in your head and be a bit of a car psychologist for you today. If you were manifest as a vehicle, uh, this isn't what you want to be. This is your perception of yourself, the lady in the mirror as a vehicle. What would Stacy be? But more importantly, why? So I have been thinking about this one a lot. Okay, and it, it's a tough one because I've got two different, two different options. So the first one is that I think I would be a sleeper. So whatever the model is, I would be the car that looks looks slow from the outside maybe or, or doesn't look like it's had anything done to it but uh -huh. has like the hot rod motor, you know, and you, you have the dual exhaust in the back. So maybe you kind of know that like there's something under there that that's different, but you're just not quite sure what it is <laughs> until the hood is opened. Cool. So. Cool. Okay. That makes sense. Because I think I've kind of, kind of always been that way, you know, like, um, and, and I think part of that too, maybe is, um, why I've enjoyed being in the automotive space is that not that people, um, they're never quite sure when they meet a woman in the industry, what they're going to get. And I, I understand that. So, you know, when they, they find out that I'm a mechanical geek and I love all that part of it, you know, and I love motors and engines and, and, you know, then they, you just see them light up, you know, cause they know that you get it. And, and honestly, even, it doesn't even have to be a, a woman to a man. It's the same with when you're just meeting another car person, you know, you never know what that person is into. So it's all part of the, the kind of, you know, peeling back the onion of the other person, you know, or they, they happen to be into pre-war and you never would have thought that person is into that stuff or, you know, they've got a, a 
collection of millions of dollars worth of cars, and yet they've got a Model T with something painted on the side that they're totally geeking out over. <laughs> and, you know, it's just amazing to have those experiences. Well, you think I think about Harold LeMay. Anybody who had met him back in the day that yeah. didn't know anything about him, and, he, you know, he owns a company, goes around and picks up trash in front of people's exactly. houses. And then you'd go. I remember the first time I met Harold and Nancy, and they got it. We just moved up here, and they invited me to their home. And <laughs> you drive up to their house, and you're going, wait a minute. What's going on here? What are all these cars? <laughs> and then you go in their house, and I think they never threw any garbage away they collected because they uh -huh. had collections of everything unimaginable. And then he goes, hey, you want to go check out some of my cars over at this old school I bought? And uh, <laughs> it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm glad you put some thought to that. A sleeper. Yeah, I, that kind of makes sense to me. I like it. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you've read uh, with, you know, us all being shut down here uh, for the last 18 months? Uh, hopefully, uh, in fact, a lot of my guests have picked up great books and shared them. Is there a book you've read perhaps you'd like to share with the listeners? There's a couple, actually. Um, I, I tend to, you know, for my just normal reading, to be honest, be a bit of a British mystery geek. But oh, uh, cool. there are two more automotive or, or mechanical related books that I have read that I would highly recommend. One is called Riding Man and mm. it's uh, by a gentleman named Mark Gardner and he actually, I believe it was in advertising, uh, he quit his job and went to the Isle of Man to train and ride in the Isle <laughs> of Man TT. Oh my gosh. And it's all about his experience. You know, he started off riding his bicycle around the street you know because the the streets are the track oh yeah so he would ride his bike around the island so he learned you know where the the runoffs were where the potholes were what roads were good what were you know roads were bad and he literally rode his bicycle around and then starting riding his motorcycle around he researched the race while he was there and it's probably one of the most inspiring books in that respect that I've read because it's it's really you know he just decided he was going to do it and he did it and and I've I love that because I've done a lot of things in my life <laughs> in the same way so um that's one the other one actually is an old one an oldie but a goodie but it's it requires a bit of, of doing to get it it's um actually it's speed was my life by Alfred Neubauer and it's it's got a forward by Sterling Moss. It was written back in the 40s, I believe, uh, 40s or 50s. And it was, um, it, it's really an interesting read because it, it goes through his career as a team manager for Mercedes during the Silver Arrow time, you know, when that, that phrase was coined, all the drivers that he uh, worked with managed you know their experience through the war as being a part of the mercedes team how they were kind of sheltered from what was going on because they were seen as an asset to the country but then it goes into you know afterwards and what happened and and kind of the rebuilding of uh you know the the racing team and it's just a fascinating read. And for anyone who's into you know automotive history and automotive racing history which i love it is 
unbelievably cool to read firsthand accounts of, you know, Achille Varzi and, and, and other people that he talks about that were on other teams as well as the ones that, you know, like Manfred von Brauhitsch and people that were on the uh, Mercedes team. So it, wow. it's fascinating. I would imagine that book is probably long out of print, maybe. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> it, it's more of an eBay, uh, a book sort of fund, yeah, get, but it, little, it's definitely worth it. Do a little hunting to find that, put that yeah. on the shelf. Great. Awesome. Two books that have not been recommended, I don't believe. So uh, definitely not writing, man. So uh, thanks for adding those to the repertoire here of uh, guest recommended books on Cars. Yeah, you've taken us on uh, the ultimate drive. I want to take you on the ultimate drive and enable you to pick any car in the world to go on a ride with. You can pick anybody to be with you, living or deceased, and you can be driving anywhere. So what does the ultimate drive look like for Stacy? Mine is actually uh, kind of a family-related one. I would I would pick my grandmother, my dad, and my uncle Ron, both of my my grandmother and my dad have been deceased, uh, are deceased. Um, my my uncle Ron was the ultimate car guy, and he and my dad were hilarious together. And you know, being brothers, of course, one was a Chevy man, one my dad's a Ford man, and you know, there was always that fun rivalry between cars and who was driving what. Um, but they would do these trips together with my grandmother to Pennsylvania to visit her sister and brother-in-law. And it was always something that as a kid, I was kind of jealous that I wasn't old enough, you know, to be, to go on the road trip with them. It was like <laughs> their time together. Um, and I would love to do that with them. And I would probably take Pearl, actually, because <laughs> when I bought that car, it was Probably one of the first times, my, my Uncle Ron was a bit shy, but cars were really how he related to the world. So when I bought that car, the first thing he did was email me a picture of some um, some spats, some wheel covers that were for sale near he was. And he was like, your Fairlane would look great with these on there you know and it was like we were really relating you know he could relate to me for the probably not the first time but you know in a different way i was speaking his language so yeah, yeah. Oh, sounds like a wonderful a wonderful time for sure very cool. Well, you've taken us on another great ride today, and I want to thank you for coming back and revisiting here. Again, it's been so long since you've been a guest on the show, but uh, as I always say, you've come a long way, baby. Uh, you've done a lot of very cool things since we first met, and you continue to do so. So uh, I wish you and all your colleagues there at ShiftGate the best success as you guys start to build this brand. Thank you. So cool. Before I let you go, could you maybe share with us a uh, parting words of wisdom, a mantra, success quote of some kind? You know what? To be honest, it's pretty simple. I think I've lived my life, uh, first of all, with no regrets, but also just never settling. And if you want to do something, then there's no one but yourself telling you that you can't do it. I never would have thought that going from an art degree, uh, you know, growing up in eastern Kansas, living in Chicago, that when I went back to school at McPherson for restoration, I would be exposed to the amazing people and travel and things that uh, the automotive world has brought to me. And I'm extremely 
thankful for that. But it just proves to me that, you know, if you put your mind to it, you, you really can do what you want. Might take a little longer than you expected or, you know, you might have some bumps in the road, but but you can always be a success. Oh, absolutely. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Live with no regrets and never settle. There's some words of wisdom today to go forth and live your life, Cars Yeah listeners. Stacy, thank you. Oh, before I let you go, obviously the best way to find ShiftGate is shiftgate.com, right? Yes, yes, that's the best way to find ShiftGate. Um, and if you want to find me specifically, I've got a my own little website with uh, stacypuckett.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, all of the wonderful social media platforms. There you go. Absolutely. I'll put links to all those so you can connect and uh, follow along uh, with Stacy and uh, have the life that she has. You can do whatever you want. Go out there and go forth and do it. Stacy, thanks for spending time with me today, for being so generous with your time today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you, no doubt, either down the road or at a car show somewhere. I look forward to it. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.